Welcome to Sparks of History. We are very pleased and honored to have with us today Rabbi Yosef Gabriel Bechhofer. Rabbi Bechhofer is an acclaimed and popular lecturer, Magichir, and rabbinical figure currently serving at Congregation Anche Palisades. Additionally, Rabbi Bechhofer is a prolific author, and his writings include the contemporary Erev, Erevin in modern metropolitan areas. Uh, thank you so much, Rabbi Bechhoff, for being with us today. We appreciate it very much. Pleasure. Okay. We'll get right to it. Um, what exactly is the war of Gog and Magog? How does it fit in with the historical four kingdoms, Babylon, Persia, Greece, and Rome? And should this end-of-days topic be part of our conversation today? I think you might be disappointed with my answer. My answer is any Nevola Puranus has no guarantee that it's ever going to happen, meaning any prophecy which depicts negative events, we, we pray will not happen, and we don't necessarily anticipate will happen. Yes, it's true that the Gemara talks about, and Sanhedrin talks about the heavenly uh, Moshiach, the birth of Moshiach, and Yesebulu Achmine, that should come, and I shouldn't be around to witness it. But in fact, as a Nevola Puranus, we hope it doesn't happen. And the problem with trying to define what, what is a fulfillment of the process of negative divorce is that uh, so, so, so many authorities throughout history have attempted to define the war of their times as the war of Gogologo. Try to find traces and say uh, World War II or the 1973 war or whatever uh, war as the War of Gogol Mogul, and it's impossible for us to know, because none of, and none of these wars which took place fulfilled the description in the, the Nevi'im of a war which, which for seven years they're going to use the, the remnants of the war, of the weapons, in order to fuel their homes. So the, um, it's, it's, uh, I don't think Gogol Mogul is something which we can understand, and it's certainly something we don't want. It's not necessarily something which is going to take place. It, uh, uh, obviously, to the opinions that it does take place, it's associated with Megiddo. It's going to take place in Megiddo. That's why it's called Armageddon. And uh, that's going to be the final battle, the uh, clash of the forces of uh, wherever the Gog and Magog are. And there are many different theories. But again, I don't think this it's worthwhile at all trying to identify and figure out what exactly everything represents. Okay. Well, why is it caught, caught the imagination of, 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 of people? I mean, you know, people talk about go, 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 like, you know, it's, it's, you know, and the whole idea, as you mentioned before, you know, you don't want to be around when it happens. I mean, you know, it's, it's. I think it makes people feel, I don't blame them, feel that there's a meaning for the suffering and travails, which we undergo in this, uh, in the times of war and the times of uh, tragedy and violence. And uh, I am very sympathetic to that uh, desire to find ultimate meaning in uh, uh, things which before Amisol, I don't think we can, we have the capacity to understand it that way, but obviously it's comforting to people to see, well, again, taking example of World War II, that this was meaningful because it was Gogo Mogog and the imminent Kugula will come afterwards. Is, is it something that's perhaps um, the, the approach that, that you've just articulated? Is that coming from a, also from a place of not just the, the uncertainty of it, but 
perhaps the danger in overemphasizing it? Is that something that you you, you would find in Jewish history in 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 false messianic periods where people would again cataclysmic events? Uh, yes, I think that that's a very good point. Saint Shabbat Tzvi uh, came uh, 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 in the heels of the Chamanitsky, uh pogroms in 1648, uh, uh, 1648, 1649, um, and uh, that was uh, Amiso was right at that point for the picking. The shop dates to come along and say, "Okay, that was Gogol Magog. Now here we are, and I'm bringing the Geula." So it is very convenient for false messiahs to have a war they can identify as Gogol Magog. Um, the, the the Rambam writes the end of uh, the end of um, um, Hilchas Malach is in Hilchas Malach, I believe. No, Hilchas Chuba. No, Hilchas Malach. He says that we none of us can know ahead of time how these things will pan out, and everything which is said is he doesn't say this, but I'm paraphrasing. So he's taking it with a grain of salt, much as metaphorical. So um, it's it's very very um, dangerous for somebody to say with authority that they know that this is something which is oh this is Gokumago. How many years afterwards Mashiach will come? Many people have tried this, and it's come to naught. And this way, the Gemara says that uh, you know there's a problem of mechashvikitzim, people who try to determine when the gula is going to come. And uh, the Gemara says that shlosh advarim boim behesachadas. The the one of the things which comes behesachadas is Mashiach, and people focus on trying to bring Mashiach. So then, that's not the way to bring Mashiach. Uh, not everybody agrees that that Gemara is applicable in our day and age, but Soda Kakoyin and others say that, yeah, that was once upon a time. Now that we're close to the Mashiach, one can be involved in trying to uh, bring Mashiach more directly. But uh, in the final analysis, I don't know how productive it is. What does it mean to bring Mashiach? You know, we, we sing to the kids, we want Mashiach now. We sing all kinds of songs, whether you're a Chabadnik or not a Chabadnik. And, you know, and, and you know, we. We long for the we long for Mashiach yeah. every day. What does it mean to bring Mashiach? In, in, so Reb Reb I I like quoting Reb on this to avoid quoting Chabad, not because I don't I have anything against quoting Chabad, but because most people associate this only with Chabad. But uh, Reb says that when it, when it says by the um, the Ma'apilim, Moshe Benu said to the people who tried to go up to Eretz Yisrael after the Chetam Maragli and Parsha Shlach, he said Vihilo Titzlach. This is not going to be successful. So Tzadik says, he looked Now it's not successful. But it's going to be successful at some point in history. And as it explains, the Gemara in Sotah says that chutzpah yaska There's going to be a lot of chutzpah at the time of Mashiach. Not just that it's a negative. There's going to be a lot of chutzpah in the world. But rather, it's the time to be chutzpah dick towards HaKadosh Baruch Hu and demand Mashiach. And that's how this notion of we want Mashiach now comes about because now is the time when Kutzbiaska, he Titzlach, and Moshiach will come. That's a very, it's, I think it's a very Hasidic approach in general, not just one which is unique to Lubavitch, although Lubavitch takes it to an extreme. Okay. Shifting gears um, just a bit, the Arab Israel conflict, is that conflict a religious conflict primarily? Um, and is it linked? Can we link it to the conflict between Yitzhak and Yishmael? Um, I don't think I would associate directly with Yitzhak and Yishmael, but I think that there is this notion 
of Yishmael, the Yishma Kel, which I heard once from uh, another Mgavon. I think there are Kabbalistic sources for this, that um, they, 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 they have a Koyach of Tfilah. And that Koyach of Tfilah is manifest in their davening five times a day. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing, although perhaps we shouldn't say this, that they probably don't talk in their mosques the same way people talk in shuls either. And uh, so they're... Uh, they're they, they, uh, didn't, they didn't take that from Yom Kippur, correct? Is there any... any... I don't think so. I've heard no. they took it from Yom Kippur. I don't think there's any hint of that. Right, okay. Uh, but uh, so the... Uh, but the idea of tefillah is very strong in Islam. And uh, I think that that sense, there is a spiritual war between us and them because we know tefillah, Ghana of Gemara, the Enyako brings down in Brachas, it's not the Gemara itself, but Enyako, Ghana Bapundama, the Makhtarto Rahmana Kari, the Ghana, when he comes to steal, comes to burgle a house, so he dives to Kurishborhu. And the implication of the Gemara is that his tefillah works because it's Mamish Lishma and with great Kavana. So tefillah, which has powerful kavana, even though it's the ganav, davening for success in his gneva, has a power to it. So I think there is a spiritual power which Yishmael has, which we have to come back and with our spiritual power as well. Okay. Um, and, and can we link the the, the current Arab population to Yishmael? I mean, we we kind of make that leap. Um, where does that leap come from? Because because they've adopted Yishmael as as their forefather. I, I think so. I think it's very similar to the association of Christianity with Ed- Edom, which is actually less more tenuous than the association of uh, Yishmael with the with the Muslims. At least the same geographical location. But uh, so, but the, obviously Chazal gave us this permission to associate modern day nations with ancient antecedents. Uh, they made these connections. So uh, since, since this is something which is accepted throughout uh, the Jewish world and throughout the Jewish literature, the Jewish literature, so I think that there's a validity to it. Okay. Can I demonstrate it definitively? No, but it seems to be that uh, you know, that's the way people express themselves. There must be something to it. Okay. So, so what the rabbi is saying is that is that a, a, a clear antidote to the situation is tefillah and a strengthening in our tefillah would be a, the appropriate antidote among, yes, other, some, among other solutions. Right. I think some people uh, suggested and my show we also suggested uh, with some degree of success to, to you know, be more meticulous in uh, uh, keeping the Toysus um, um, uh, uh Remedy for Xeris Tachlatat, which was the uh, being more strict about uh, not talking in shul. And so that uh, certainly can help that we have more respect and take our children more seriously. Um, here in Israel, there has been a, a sense of, of unity since Simplistora, October 7th. Um, different sectors of the population that really were speaking above each other or, or kind of talking to each other now. What what does unity, what does Achtu really mean in these times? What's the spiritual power of Achtut? And what can be done, what should be done to achieve a real Achtu today among the Jewish people? Well, if you ask me, the first thing to do would be to get rid of the religious parties. 
but that because I think that they are extremely divisive and create tremendous problems. It's actually was a some so would say get rid of all parties, but okay, that, that's true. <laughs> we could. As it actually was in the Jewish Observer, I think many years ago there was a debate between Professor Leo Levi of Hashem and Rabbi Elias of Hashem about this very point, whether that good should be a separate party or should not be a separate party. So I'm on the side of Professor Levy that private religious parties seems to be a negative thing. But uh, the, we know that the paradigm is, it tells us that even the So as opposed to May David, when they went down to Milchama, and they were Noitzlim, even though they were of the Hashem. So we then the Chazal tell us that the Achdus of Achah, the days of Achah, uh, prevented casualties, whereas the divisiveness in the days of Davin Amelech uh, led to casualties. So I, I think it means for us that Halvai, uh, everybody should do tshuva. We wish everybody should do tshuva, but uh, but to accept Am Yisrael Ba'asher Husham and try and love them as they are as they are. And I think that uh, this is what I tell people, I think that you see in the people who were at the, the, say, the music festival on October 7th, who all, many of them say that the, as they thought they were going to die, they started saying Shema Yisrael. At, uh, you see that, uh, you know, that you, we, we think of these people with all their tattoos and their crazy hair and all that kind of stuff as being perhaps but when push comes to shove, there's this intrinsic pint lead and uh, that deserves our respect and our love and a sense of uh, of affinity. Um, I think that, that, is, that the definition of achlis in this respect is to try and transcend the differences which we have. And even though we know that the differences are based on what we, we fully believe to be what's right and what's wrong, that uh, if uh, days of achlis being the getting there with Avodah was... Um, uh, a positive thing, Alachas Kama Vakama, with these people who, and the final analysis, will resort to Shema Yisrael at the very last moment. Uh, any final thoughts as, as you look at the situation today, whether it's in Eretz Yisrael or a whole situation in, in America? There's a sense here in Israel that people are really afraid in America today. They're frightened. There's uncertainty. Your, your perspective. On on the whole, I want, want to say want to say one thing before I give a more substantial answer. Yes, which is that the Israelis always get annoyed at us Americans when we express opinions what goes on in Israel, and they generally say to us, "You have no right to express an opinion because you're in Kutzarts and either you don't understand or you don't know or it doesn't concern you." I find that to be insulting. If a person knows about learns reads about a situation is concerned about a situation, they should be allowed to express an opinion wherever they are. The uh, I, I would say that uh, it's the ironic thing is that Israelis come and they tell people in Chutzlaretz, well, you're in the throw the the first thorn of the new Holocaust and you better move to Israel because you, otherwise you're going to all be swept away. Um, I live in Muncie, so I can't really say how bad it is out there because in Muncie, the... <laughs> Put it uh, metaphorically: the Goyim are the persecuted minority, not the not the Jews. <laughs> so the uh, so the uh, so the uh, we don't have that kind of exposure here. Um, but I I think and I teach Holocaust. It's one of the things I teach 
And uh, where, where mom, do you where does the rough teach that? Where do you teach, I teach that? In the, I teach in the afternoons in a school called the YBH okay. in uh, in Passaic, and I teach eighth grade uh, uh, historia. And uh, so we're doing now the Holocaust and 1930 specifically. And it was a lot worse in the 1930s than it is today. There's no real comparison. Now, is it someday going to happen? Perhaps it will, but we're not holding there, anywhere near there at this point. So uh, I think that uh, I, I don't feel that insecurity. Again, I live in an insulated society, but uh, uh, I understand that Golos is not is temporary. Golos is not permanent. We never know what's going to happen next. But at this point, I think there is still a significant role for American Orthodox Jewry to play in America, which it will not play in Israel. Because when you get to Israel, you have to take sides in a polarized society, which you don't have to do in America. Okay. And that is a big, very big enough. If I came to Israel, I would have to choose a sex sector of society, which I would not be completely comfortable with, no matter which one it was. In America, I don't have that issue, for better or for worse. Any other final thoughts uh, on this whole subject? Uh, if I may, uh, I, I would like to say that uh, uh, I take exception to some of the uh, thoughts which were expressed by some people who are uh, understood to be Kudoli uh, Israel in some sense, uh, who took, uh, who said some very strange things like uh, not to daven for the soldiers, to daven just for Lom de Torah, not to give money to other causes except for Talmud Torah. These are all very strange statements which would never have heard in prior generations. It's very concerning to me. I don't know where these statements come from, and I, I'm afraid of the repercussions. Either way, either they'll have divisive repercussions, or it'll lead as I think it will, to less respect for Gdolay Torah, which is also a tragedy. Well, hopefully that will not, not occur and, and we'll have a better understanding of what was meant by that, etc., yeah, etc. Et Again, Rabbi Bechhofer, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, we tried to pack a lot of heavy topics yes. in and, and I appreciate uh, you know your, your time today. Thank you My so pleasure. much. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you.